Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share their stories with the world so that in their shining, they give permission to others to shine as well. So I am super duper excited today to have um, a virtual friend who is the guest on our show today, Judy Hoberman of Selling in a Skirt. Welcome, Judy. Thank you so much. I have been waiting for this. I knew as soon as I got to talk to you, it was going to be the new decade. So I am excited. Yeah, this is a great way to launch 2020 uh, and beyond. Um, you and I have, you know, worked together peripherally, danced around, shared, liked, you know, we share a lot of the same values and, and good tips and hints and so forth. I have been so excited to get you on this podcast and let you share your voice. So I promise folks to do all the listening this time and less of the talking. <laughs> um, so let's just say, um, Jade, Judy, take it away. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. So I am first and foremost, my own best audience. I laugh at myself because when <laughs> I do that, other people feel much more at ease. So if I say something goofy and they don't laugh, it doesn't matter. But I'm also, I'm also a, um, I'm a wife and I'm a mom and I'm a new Nana to a, a little 10 year, 10 month old baby, Oliver, who is the joy of my life. And when people say to you, can you imagine being a grandparent? I couldn't until it happened. And it was like the best. I can imagine, I can yeah. imagine you being an amazing grandparent and how sweet of you to use the word joy. I love that word. It's such a powerful word in this country. We know entertainment, but we far too, um, we far too often know entertainment, but don't know joy. So yes. I, I know what you're talking about. That's wonderful, powerful yes. work. Yes, yes. And he, you know, it's just, it's a very different feeling. Um, my family is the most important thing to me. And professionally, what I do is I'm a speaker, I'm a leadership and sales trainer, I'm an executive coach, a radio show host, I'm an author, and I'm also a mentor for young women in the community. So my mission has always been to help one woman a day. And when I say that, people stop and say, well, why not a hundred women? Why not a million women? And I explain that one woman exponentially could be millions. But if you help one woman a day do something better or faster or more efficient or something that they love, it's the best, the best feeling that you can get by watching this happen. So I that's love me. That. That is so powerful. So uh, one woman a day, that's, mm -hmm. that's my goal as well. I've never heard anyone put it into words, but when you think about that sentence, I help one woman a day, that is global changing, you know, not just, you know, it, it's world changing. It's, it's, you know, we go out there, you're teaching people to fish, you know, so that's mm -hmm. incredible. That's incredible. Um, Thank you. Tell people about how you got into what you did. Like, you're really good at it. I know that. I don't want to assume things because the audience may not know you, and I want them to get to know you. But how did you come to do what you are doing? So everything that I've ever done, I've always been um, in male-dominated industries. I was the only female in, in everything that I've done. And so I had to figure things out for myself. When I decided to start my company back in 2000. Nine, 2009, <clears throat> I thought if I could start all over, what would I be looking for? And I would truly be looking for someone that was like me. And I'm not saying that looked exactly like me, but had the same values, somebody that was female 
I mean, that, there it is right out there. And so I decided I was going to start to um, coach and mentor and train women to do their very, very best in the world of sales and then into leadership. To, I wanted to give them the tools to support them so they could succeed and, and really get what they, not only what they want, but what they deserve. So when I first started my company, I started speaking everywhere. And, you know, and if anybody's listening, they think, oh my God, you made money right away. No, I didn't. I spoke everywhere <laughs> and it was always everywhere that they weren't paying you, but it was really good for me for two reasons. Number one, it gave me the ability to you know, really hone in on my signature talk, but it also gave me the ability to practice what I really wanted to say to people so they could hear it. And that's what I did. So I started speaking everywhere and one thing led to another and, and here I am. And folks, she's very well known in many, many circles across the country, not just here in California. Um, let me ask you this. What was your signature talk or what is your signature talk? So my signature talk has always been about the differences between men and women. And I had to change the title a couple of times because originally it was selling in a skirt. And a couple of times men would say to me, well, I don't need to be there because I don't wear a skirt and it's all about women. But honestly, the skirt was, is an acronym. It just happened to spell out skirt and it's standing out, keys to success, inspiration, results, and time management. And if you're in sales, at least one of those things would trip you up once in a while. For me, it was all five. So I decided I was going to talk about selling in a skirt. The funny thing is, after I you know, did that a few, I don't know, dozen times, a gentleman came up and asked me if I would speak to his group, but only if I changed the name of my company. And I said... I have to change the name of my company? And he said, yeah, because none of the men will show up. And I said, well, what about if I change the name of my talk? He said, yeah, that'll do. So he said, but you have to be very clever. Now I'm originally from New York. So to me, that was like challenge, like challenge yeah. accepted, right? <laughs> so so yeah. I, said, I said, let me think for one second. I said, okay, I've got it. I said, what about men do it three, uh, women do it three times more than men. And he said, what does that mean? I said, what do you care? I said, but if you really want to know, right, if you really want to know, you could put dot, dot, dot asking questions because women do ask three times more questions than men. Yes. Anyway, he puts this out into his mailer and it says women do it three times more than men. And the room was packed. And I mean, the women were showing, <laughs> but the men were like all over this. I was cracking up. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what was my signature talk. And, and, you know, I still do that and I still bring that up all the time, but it has expanded more into uh, leadership and to, you know, being more present and, you know, really, how do you stand out with a world full of this people doing the same thing you're doing a million times over? So it's all about that. It just has evolved. I love it. I love it. So you and I do a lot of what on at first blush would be considered the same thing, but not at all. I mean, everyone has nuance and, and the essence of my presentation and talk is different than the essence of yours. And I also think people learn differently and they connect. Mm -hmm differently and but I have to say huge shout out to you I love women who are out there and you know creating change using their voice uh, to create equity in the workplace you are that woman I am so excited to know you and to learn more about you on this podcast so so tell us more about yourself I'm sure you've had some some big professional moments that have made you grin ear to ear tell us a little bit about those so, so I was 
you know, I was in the insurance field for a very long time. And when I stepped out of the actual selling portion of it, and I had three agencies of my own, um, one of the companies had asked me to come inside and do training for them. And so I was at this dinner for one of the many groups that we had done business with. And I'm sitting there listening to the speaker talk about how people treat each other and so on and so forth. And, you know, it was all about character and integrity. And I said to the person next to me, wow, I would love to win that award one day. And then they called my name. Wow. Yeah. And so talk about grinning ear to ear. He looked at me because he didn't know either. And so when I went up there, I said, I was just sitting here saying, whoever gets this award is really, you know, an amazing person. And I would love someday (laughs) to be able to do that. And so the award was for me and it's in my office and I always look at it. And I always, you know, when you tell people you have to be able to toot your own horn, it's not about, I have won so many sales awards. It's not about that. This this is one that I have won that I didn't even know I was in the running for. And it was the most important award I have ever won. I mean, character and integrity, that speaks volumes, right? So that was, that was one of my big, 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 big moments. And the other one just happened last year was when I was recognized by Thrive Global as one of the women to watch in 2019. Nice. And again, I knew nothing about that. And so, you know, I, I truly believe that women have a challenge when they don't want to talk about the great things they've done. Right. But if you, if I read your bio out loud or you read my bio out loud, you'd be sitting there going, Oh my God, I did all these things. Wow. 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 But it isn't about that. Yeah. You've done it because that's part of who you are. But when right. somebody steps out and says, you really went way above and beyond and you weren't trying to win that, or you weren't trying to do that. It just is part of your makeup. That's that's when you really say, wow, this is awesome. It's very fulfilling. So Mm -hmm. I'll say when men um, own their stories and talk about what they've done or do or can do, people say, oh, he's so confident in his skills and abilities. We should reward him with a leadership position or promotion Mm -hmm. or more money. Um, But if a woman does that, we are considered self-promoters and we are, you know, punished for that. And I am, and I know you are too, out there every day combating that bias. Um, so good for you. You have earned every kudo ever out there. I know your work. It's really good work. So who inspired you along the way? My biggest inspiration came from my grandmother. My grandmother's name was Sadie L. Flown. You never leave the L out because that was her name, Sadie L. Flown. And so she was what I called a feminista because she was really a women's liber and a feminist, but she was also a fashionista. And that's going back and, you know, I mean, she was born at the turn of the century. Um, she's no longer alive, but she was like, she, she would be dressed head to toe, matching hat and gloves and everything else. But she had a a whip about her and she had a sharp tongue, not mean, but sharp. Like she could tell you, right. Clever. That's a good word. She could tell you where it's at and she could just, I mean, you would believe everything she said because she was truly, um, she was intellectual, but she also had your best interest at heart. But she would tell me over and over and over again, you can do anything that you want. You can do anything. You can be anyone. Just focus and just make sure that you that you work hard and do what's right no matter if anybody's standing there or not 
that. She was, you know, she was my rock and she understood me because I always considered myself a square peg in a round hole kind of person. And she got it for, you know, she just understood me. So everything that I did, she was my biggest cheerleader. And, you know, she said, just watch, things will happen. And yeah, they happened 50 years later, but um, my daughter is her namesake. And oh, my nice. daughter is very much like her, but very much like me, um, except that my daughter makes me look sweet. And I'm not a sweet person. <laughs> I'm a kind person, but I'm not sweet. And my daughter is like, really? She's, she's street smart and tough and so kind. She, so I, I see her, I see my, my, her in my grandmother, my grandmother and her. And, but that was my biggest, biggest source of inspiration, uh, mentor or whomever. What a beautiful story. So here we are on this planet right now, trying to create women who can lead by example. And you had the gift of a grandmother long ago that was doing that already. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. amazing. And I can see how her strong influence on you shaped what you do today. And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're so grateful. Grateful to grandma. Yeah. Uh, well, let me ask you this. I know that sounds wonderful. And I know you've won lots of awards and you are worthy of all of them. And I love the Character and Integrity Award. You definitely do deserve that. Um, I know that much about you for sure. There's no question. But it hasn't always been a bed of roses. It hasn't always been easy, I'm sure. Can you tell us a little bit about a challenge you've overcome? Yeah, you know, like I said, when I started my career, I was the only female, and that was a big challenge in itself. And I always had to prove myself every single day. And so I had to also come up with a playbook to be successful because nobody really wanted me there. Nobody really wanted to help me. Um, there were a few men that would, you know, raise their hand once in a while and offer their assistance, but really I was on my own. So when I started my company, I decided that I was going to be that person that somebody would look at and somebody would say, because of you, I was able to do this. But it was a novel idea. And while everyone loved what I had this crazy idea that it was going to work, it was like being the only female all over again. You know, I heard comments like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, another woman's liver. Or yeah. oh, it's, such, it's such a women's issue. So the challenge for me was not only being that person that was trying to, you know, move and change the status quo, I had to reframe my message. And I had to be able to make sure that when I was explaining what I did or how I could work with another company or the benefit of having me work with them, I had to have the facts and the figures that the CEOs needed because the majority were men. Yeah. And they yeah. wanted to hear facts and figures, features and benefits before they would even listen to me because truly it's a business issue, not a cute woman's thing. So I always made sure that what they heard was that I encouraged men who were going to be champions for women to be part of this awareness. And that because I'm for women does not mean I'm against men. Exactly. Right? So there, there, those are challenges and setbacks and things that you have to overcome. I mean, I've had some bad things happen, you know, where people have, um, how should I put it kindly? been in, into my bank account more or less and stolen money from me and never fulfilled what they were supposed to do. That's a big setback, but that's a different kind of setback. That's something that you think I will never get over and then you figure it out and you start all over again. This is something that is real life where people don't want to listen to you, where people don't really mean what they say and say what they mean. You know, every, oh, everybody wants women in leadership until you, you know, say to them, 
okay, let's do something about it. Well, maybe not today, maybe next week, maybe next month. So it was, it was a hard role. I mean, it was, I had to keep pushing uphill, uphill, uphill. And, you know, once in a while, somebody would say, this is exactly what I was looking for. And so the, those were the challenges when I first started. Well, I'll tell you, thank you for getting through them and overcoming them and sharing your story because I find that a lot. Um, when I do my work, people think because I'm pro-women, I'm anti-men. Mm-hmm. It's not true. You know, we live in such a binary society with politics and religion and black or white and there's no in between and all or nothing. And it's just so many absolutes. It's ridiculous. So when I make the case that we can't do this without men, um, and nor should we try, that allies are very important. People get curious. And, and oddly, some women turn me off because of that. They're like, we right. don't need men to do that. I'm like, but you do. Otherwise, you're, cre- you're complaining about their bad behaviors and the outcomes of their bad beliefs. And then you're, in, you're doing the same exact thing. The pendulum is swinging, swinging the other way. And, you know, so why, if it's wrong when they do it, is it okay when you do it? So, um, no, we've got to work together. And, and I, like you, um, question those people who say, oh, we believe in diversity and inclusivity or women's leadership. I pull back the curtain and I say, what's your budget on that? How mm-hmm. much you spent? And in what areas? And then I'll say, oh, I saw your pitch team. Are, are each of those people working on the uh, project? And who's getting the stretch assignment? And it's usually not the people in the brochure on the website or on the pitch team. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, yeah, I get that. I get that. And women have to be careful about, um, you know, creating the equal but opposite problem that we now experience. So. Yeah, and it's it's always very interesting to me because I sometimes I assume that people understand what it means to you know be a champion or what it means to create opportunities. And I remember I was speaking somewhere, and the room was it was a pretty big room, and in the middle of my talk, the middle to the end of the talk, some gentleman in the back raised his hand and he asked me if he could ask me a personal question. Now you have to be really careful when you acknowledge the fact that someone's going to ask you something personal in front of all of these people. But I thought, okay, what's the, what's the worst that can happen really? And so I said, of course, you know, what can I, what can I help you with? And he said, you're talking about men that champion women. So already I'm holding my breath, you know, cause yeah. I'm not sure what's coming. And he said, I truly believe that I am a champion and I don't know how to do it. Ah. Can you explain how to do it? And it was like, it was like the VA mo- V8 moment. Like, yeah, yeah. Why, why would I naturally assume that people understood how to be a champion? Like, that's ridiculous because not everybody even understands what that means. And so I said, I would be honored to tell you that. And so all of a sudden you could see him take a deep breath and he was really like, he was writing notes down and everything. And he, at the end, he came up to me and he said, I think I do that already. I'm just going to do more of it. And maybe they'll think of me as a champion. So that's- it's not always the why you do things. It's the how you do it. And so I think that that was something that really opened my eyes up to the fact that there are men out there that really do support women. We just either need them to self-identify or explain how to get them involved. So I have to give a shout out to my husband. He's one of those men. He was a military leader. He was a very um, hierarchical leader. He was a, an elected uh, political official and always the you know CEO, COO level in the private sector and now in municipalities but he transitioned from that to a transformational leader who very much cares about his team and asks 
questions and understands how men and women communicate differently. But he did not realize, like, you, you know, he didn't realize that that when a woman asks a lot of questions or, you know, collaborates with the team or says, you know, here's my solution. If I missed anything, please go over this. Did I do anything right, wrong in between? You know, tell me your thoughts on every aspect. That's not a weakness. That's not you know, seeking validation or unable to make a decision. He now sees that as a beautiful transformational leadership skill and he sees it as a, a good collaborator. But I give shout out a shout out to him, and I, I often do, because he made that transition himself from the man that we talk about so often to the champions in the workplace for women. He has now, I think, 13 female department heads in his, um, he's the CEO of a city. So he, he, you know, sees the benefit of what we bring to the table and how we communicate differently in a beautiful way. I think that's wonderful. My husband is very similar to yours with a military background, and he has always encouraged women to um, be more visible and to speak out and so, and so on, because in the military, you know, it should be more equal, which we know it really isn't. So yeah, he's got that same background. But I will tell you, I read this story one day about, um, you talk about asking lots of questions, and it's really valuable. This woman was up for the um, she was in medical school. So she was going to be whatever the next level was, and she would be in charge of all the interns and so on and so forth. And, and she was almost guaranteed that was going to be her next position until the, the chief said to her that she wasn't chosen. They chose, let's say, John. And okay. she said, how could you not choose me? And he said, you ask too many questions. <gasps> oh, yeah. Now, as a doctor, yeah. Right. As a doctor, would you not want a doctor to know lots of things and to ask questions? But she was penalized because she should have known more. And it wasn't that she didn't know it. It was that she asked questions to really clarify, to make sure that everything she was learning, she was really understanding. And so she got penalized for that. So in, in the world of lawyers, the same thing happens. They feel like if they ask their clients or process, prospects questions, that they look like they're ignorant or don't know. Um, but the, the clients want you to do that. It's mm -hmm. a sign of respect. They want you to get to know their business and industry and what keeps them up at night and what moves them and what they'll cut a check over and what they'll fire someone over, you know, what their plans are. But lawyers are the same way. They're, they're like, if I ask all these questions, I'll appear to be ignorant or unknowing. And um, one of my biggest selling points is I'm the smartest guy on the planet. And that's just not true. And that's not how, and in my work, my work is a little different than yours. I focus on communication theory. And, in, and I know that the receiver makes meaning of the message, regardless right. of the sender's intent. And they just don't, um, more lawyers than not. There are a few that do, and that's why they're rainmakers. But yeah, same thing, those, those folks that live in fear. Um, let me ask you this. I am all about supporting women. I know you are too. Um, one quick tidbit about how we can lift each other up just daily. I know that your commitment to help one woman a day is so beautiful. That's amazing and incredible. But what's one little thing that most women can do to help other women? Well, I don't, you know, we're both very active on social media and there was something on social media the other day, which cracked me up. The first part was, which didn't actually make me laugh. It was making me think it said, support your friend's business and progressions. Like you support the celebrities that you actually don't know. And I thought, <laughs> whoa, that is pretty yeah, powerful. True. But, 
But the other part was this one, which I thought was amazingly awesome and, and something that we should remember. It said, instead of baby showers, let's host business showers. When a friend starts a business, we all come together, congratulate them and bring resources for their business. Uh, so, right. Love that. Right. Isn't that awesome? So I'm thinking that every single day we should look and see who needs our support? It could be as simple as liking and sharing something on social media. It could be as, you know, recommending somebody for a business. I, I truly believe that, you know, when women don't ask for help, they're missing out. And most women don't like to ask for help. Yeah. So that's why when I say, I, you know, I want to help one woman a day, when I say that, when I'm speaking or where, if I'm anywhere, there's always a woman that raises her hand and say, can I be your woman? Which is very humbling knowing that women don't like to ask for help. Yeah. So I do believe that if you know somebody needs help and they're not asking you, you can always, you know, turn it around and say, how can I support you? That because is, it's not right. It's, it's not very difficult to say, and it's not very difficult to do. If somebody asks you to loan them a million dollars and you don't have it, obviously you're going to say no, but sometimes it's as simple as who do you know, or can you, can I just run something past you? So I, I do believe that we have to be more open and present and kind to people and really just listen. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think that you and I are um, virtually aligned on every value. I think so. <laughs> women. Um, so I, I, I'm probably preaching to the choir, but for those of you listening out there, here's a little tip and a trick that I do um, with my audiences when I do, you know, big events, when I'm a keynote speaker and little events where it's these intimate um bubbles, bites, and bits of wisdom, you know, wine and cheese and food and wine pairings and so forth. There's an exercise I do that I will not go into on this podcast, but essentially the requirement or homework is to refer, advise, or hire this other woman in the room. Like, mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't matter if you know this person, if you've ever met them. I love that comment you made about the celebrities you don't know. So, so why not support people that are in your network that you do know or can reach out and touch directly or indirectly or refer to someone who can help them? Um, you know, I'm not always the person who can say, yes, I can directly help you. But I'm usually the person, if I can't do that, who can say, hey, I know someone who can help you. Um, so I do a lot of referrals. I do a lot of connecting. I know you do too. Mm -hmm. um, and I, in my small business, have not done a lot of hiring because I can't, but I have referred and been the recommendation um, for someone who can hire someone else. So I love Excellent. that. You're all about, that is what it means, folks, to lift women in business. Rather than putting women down, we need to be lifting each other up. So let Absolutely. me ask you this. I've learned a lot about you on this call that I didn't know before, and I'm super excited. I, it's made me want to connect uh, more frequently with you and maybe put our heads together on a few things, but love that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. tell the audience something surprising about you. Surprising. So most people think that I am the biggest extrovert out there because I'm everywhere. I'm open. I'm honest. I'm funny and so on, but I am an introvert. I, I truly am an introvert. And when I walk into a room of people that I don't know, not, not even a person, I start to like hyperventilate almost, you know, wow, because I, I would yeah, never have guessed. I know, I know. So I, what I do now, and it's become part of my brand, is I wear really cool boots, and inevitably somebody will say something about my boots and start a conversation, and then I'm just fine. 
I am just fine. And it's like your personal brand. That's and that's became part of my brand. But I'm also I'm very, yeah, very. I'm also very sensitive, and I cry when I hear the national anthem, or when I watch a Hallmark commercial, or anything that has to do with my family. So I'm very sensitive. I am an introvert, but I also 100% believe in kindness. And so what I do every single day when I'm out is I say something kind to someone that I do not know. It yeah. could be the what they're wearing or the energy or whatever. And you you can't even believe what some of the responses are. Some people like ignore you totally. Some people thank you like so quietly you would not even know that they were saying anything. Some people are they look at you in disbelief. Because the truth of the matter is you don't know when the last time they heard something kind. And so for me, I know that it, you know, there was a long time in my life where I was single just with children. And, you know, it was 19 years that I was flying solo with my kids and it was very rare other than my children that people would say something kind to me. So I thought I would never want that to be for anybody else. And so when I do that, it makes me feel good, but it also makes the other person like, you know, really like they're shining inside. But it did come back and bite me one day because I was in a supermarket and this woman said to me, oh my God, you look so beautiful today. And I said, thank you so much. Like I was almost like, you know, asking a question when I was responding. And she said, has no one told you that today? And I said, no, actually they haven't. And she said, well, let me be the first one. And I thought, well, maybe that's what people feel like. So I came home and I said to my husband, how do I look today? He said, good. And I said, no, I actually look fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I love this about you. I want to tell you, I think we're the same person. I think we are. <laughs> My husband says I'm a raw nerve, but I do. I'm hyper. I'm very sensitive. And I don't think it's something that needs to change. I think more people need to be more sensitive. But um, with people like you and me, it's something you're born with. It comes from the inside. You can't put it on. You know, mm-hmm. I too am moved deeply um, by, you know, empathy and mm-hmm powerful listeners and kindness, loving kindness in the Buddhist tradition is what they call it and compassion. Um, but yeah, so I can't wait to meet you in person soon. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. Awesome. Well, if people want to know more about you and you should folks, she's fascinating. Um, how can they reach you? Well, I am everywhere on social media. I'm on Facebook on three different platforms. I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. And it'll either under Judy Hoberman or Selling in a Skirt. One or the other, you can find me anywhere. Um, I do answer my own emails. So if you want to email me, it's Judy at Selling in a Skirt. Uh, My websites are Selling in a Skirt and Walking on the Glass Floor, which is all about leadership. And then, of course, JudyHoberman.com is my other Um, website. And the reason that I have that one, because I never really wanted my name on anything, because I just truly believe it's not about me. It isn't. It isn't about me. But what happened was a woman on LinkedIn had contacted me to speak for her event for selling in a skirt. And she asked me if there was anything new that was coming up. And I said, well, actually, I just released my fourth book called Walking on the Glass Floor. And she said, wait, what? So I thought, well, maybe I said it too fast. So I said, walking on the glass floor. She goes, oh, my God, that was my next call. So she never put two and two together. So I thought, well, maybe I should have judyhoberman.com and just direct them to different places. So that's how it came about. 
And I think that you did a good thing in having your website as your name because it's, you have to own your story. It's your own personal mm -hmm. brand. You are inextricably linked with the good work that you do for others and with others. So, um, yeah, do, do. I love that. So we'll put all this in the blog that I'll write so that people can actually see it and just click the hyperlink. So no worries there, folks, if you're driving when you listen to this and you can't jot all this down. It'll be in the blog on, on the blogcast page on my website. So, Judy, I love having conversations with you. I can't wait to continue these and have them maybe more frequently. Uh, I'm glad you were able to share your voice with my listeners today, and I can't wait till we reconnect. Absolutely. And now it's your turn to be on my podcast so we can continue this. And I do believe we're probably twins that were separated at birth. I agree, except you have, <laughs> you, yeah, you're tiny. <laughs> I have work to do on the physical me in the new year. Uh, it's my last, what, what, every new year we have resolutions and I just leave that one. I don't even erase that one at the top, like lose weight. That's always my recurring resolution. But everyone, have a happy, happy new year, a great 2020 and beyond. And if you need anything regarding how to create equity in the workplace or how to be a champion for women in business, please contact Judy and I'll put her um, information again, like I said, in the blog. Have a good day, everybody.